1: Hey, Ray. Hey. I looked over everything, and things are pretty clear in your case. You've done a good job, by the way, as the mom and the voice for your son. Excellent job. What you've done for your son is amazing. And that's the only reason I have looked at it and that I would talk to you, because I think what you've done is outstanding and will get this job done. You just need to come up with a little better plan. I think the fundamental part of the investigation, you got to go back to. So the girlfriend, I think you have to get her on the record. And I promise you, she has told people what happened. So somebody on drugs is talking and... I, her friends. I mean, there's a whole slew of people that probably know what happened. They'll start talking. People want to talk. I can't say that enough. They want to talk. So, tell me how I can help you. <laughs> um, You know, I, I need someone like you're talking about somebody that could basically infiltrate, I guess, her circle of friends, someone you were talking about, you have people or know people that can do that. Right. So I need you to first write down everything you know about her, everything and her friends the circle of friends the people she's living with everything you know about them and we got to build a profile on them and then in the meantime i am going to check and see who's in that area that is a good undercover person you're almost there to where they're going to have to pay attention to and actually the idea of doing the podcast it really is over the outrage, the national outrage that would happen, I mean, there's so many problems with the case. There are so many problems with this case. I hate this for you. I can't tell you how much I hate this. It just makes my blood boil. Ray, you will get this done, I have no doubt. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt.
2: I'm driving with one of our producers, Jacob, to the home of Sheila Wisaki. Sheila is a private investigator I know through our friends at Resonate Recordings. I first contacted Sheila about Christian's case back in August of 2018. I wanted a professional's opinion on it, and secretly, I hoped she would consider taking it on. I connected Sheila and Ray through a phone call, and they talked for hours. I listened in. The call was a kind gesture from Sheila. At the time, she was deep into another investigation, and simultaneously creating a podcast of her own. Needless to say, her plate was full, and she had to decline taking on Christian's case. She was bummed about the decision. It was evident through a downcast tone, and the repeated I wish I coulds. Sheila was drawn to Ray the moment they were introduced. I remember her stating multiple times, Ray, you are exactly the kind of mother I like working with. She was blown away by the work that Ray and the rest of the Andriaccio family had put into this, the information they'd gathered. She felt they really had something. So, as a consolation, she offered what little time she had, not doing any official investigating, but she'd call Ray or send her an email here and there. They'd discuss things, and sometimes Sheila would offer up suggestions, a form of counsel and support, and a way of saying, I'm sorry I can't go all in on this, but I'll give you what I can. This continued for a few months until finally Sheila wrapped up her other case and her podcast. And that's when things changed.
1: Hey Dennis, how are you?
2: Hey, I'm I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I have been talking to Ray. Okay. And I kinda wanted to talk to you about my conversation with her. Do you have a second?
2: I, I do, yeah, let's hear it.
1: Ray's been calling about her case, and she's been talking about what's been going on. And you know, originally I couldn't take it, but I, I feel like she needs help. I've been able to kind of work some things out, and she and I are going to go ahead and go forward on the case.
2: You are awesome. That just made my day.
1: Well, I'm waiting till you work with me. I'm really paying, so <laughs> just keep that in mind. <laughs> so.
2: We'll make it work. That is just great news. I'm excited to hear what your plans are on this.
1: Well, one of the things I want to do is to bring in some of my other investigators. I haven't asked them, but I'm gonna make some calls and see if they're willing to work with me on the case.
2: So you're talking about, like, putting a team together?
1: Yes, to put a group of investigators together that can look at the case, Uh, you know, I like that crowdsourcing and having more than one set of eyes on a case. So what do you need from me?
2: Well, I don't know if maybe we could plan something kind of once you you get all your ducks in a row. All
1: right. I will make some calls, and then I will call you and let you know what kind of timing we have. We all have other court dates and trials and cases, so it's like herding cats to get everyone together.
2: Yeah, see what you can do, and, and just let me know. You know we'll be there.
1: Okay, great. Nice talking to you.
2: All right. You too, Sheila. Thanks for the good news. That's awesome.
1: All right. We'll talk to you later, Dennis.
2: All right, take care now.
1: All right, bye-bye. Bye.
2: And that's what brings us here. I'd known Sheila for a while, but up until this point, all our conversations had been over phone or email. So this was actually my first time meeting her, and first time meeting a private investigator, for that matter. But I'm not just meeting one PI. I'm actually meeting eight. After a review of the case and the list of names I shared, Sheila realized that in order to speak with each one in a timely manner, she was going to need some help. So, she assembled a team.
3: Michael Kenny.
4: Hey, what are you doing?
3: Hey, I'm actually following. Can He bear with me one second? Captain, he's in the gray pickup going out the south exit. Hey, Sheila, I was gonna call you anyway about that sketch race we were working on. What's going on with you?
4: Well, I called you about a case that I would like to take, so I wanted to run it through with you.
3: I'm in, let's do it.
4: Alright, so I'll send you, I'll email you the information. Just let me know. When
3: you're Yo,
4: what's going on? I need your help. Really? Recording. What you need? Oh, okay, name. so Be here's told. the deal. I have a case out of Mississippi. Hey, what's going on, girl? Hey, I have a case in Mississippi. So what are you doing next weekend, Saturday, Sunday?
1: I mean, as of right
4: now, yeah, count
3: me in. It's something but, for whatever reason, Mark? I'm just, no well, room just room uh, trying to get some work done.
4: Well, I want to add to your workload. So I would like to see if you want to work a case with me out of Mississippi.
1: Perfect. I'd love to help.
4: All right. Talk to you later, Mark.
1: Thank you.
2: Bye. Bye-bye. Did you know that according to FBI property crime data, most home break-ins happen in broad daylight? As the days get longer this spring, protect your home with Safe. It's the award-winning home security I use and recommend. I'm relieved to know that while my days get longer and longer this month, and my family and I are starting to venture back into the outdoors to enjoy the spring weather, I won't have to sweat about whether or not my home is protected, because I know that Safe has my back. There's a reason they were named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by U.S. News & World Report and recognized for Best Customer Service in Home Security by Newsweek. Simply Safe's advanced technology keeps every room of my house protected. And if my cameras and alarms aren't enough to deter a thief, then I can trust in their 24-7 professional monitoring for fast emergency response at just half the cost of traditional home security. We're talking less than a dollar a day. You really can't beat it. Do yourself a favor. Protect your home today. My listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/culpable. That's simplysafe.com/culpable. There's no safe like Simply
3: Safe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: It's 10 a.m. when we arrive, and some of the group hardly even look ready for the day. Attire is casual. One is even in their PJs. And many are still getting out the early yawns. I thought, maybe they aren't morning people. I had guessed they all flew in the day before, stayed in various hotels, got a good night's rest, and convened at Sheila's home bright and early. I was way off. Truth is, they had a sleepover at Sheila's, something that is totally commonplace for them. After all, they've worked together a long time. They're friends. So the disarray that I walked into, that was actually due to the fact that many of them stayed up late, like into the morning late, reviewing case material to prep for the day. They at least take their job seriously. All this to say, they made us feel comfortable. After shaking hands, grabbing some snacks from the kitchen, and turning down the offer of leftover Chinese they'd ordered the night before, we decided it was time to discuss the case. We walked upstairs to Sheila's work area, a large open room built like an upscale attic. Low vaulted ceiling, leather furniture, big screen TV, but the coolest feature was the recording setup, our workstation for the day. Remember, Sheila's a podcaster too, and one of her shows she does along with this group of PIs. To accommodate, she has two round wooden tables Here, pushed together, the, the eight couch. chairs positioned around them, four per table, no. and a microphone set up at each spot. Tell, quick, it's like something you'd see at a radio yeah, station. Once everyone was set up in the respective spots, our discussion began. Not
4: be at an angle where these guys All right, we need to right, let's move the okay. chairs. I can see can you need need see a, it?
5: No, but I'll just close my eyes. And pretend to
4: see. Well, I just want to make sure hard. we designate who we're going to do.
6: What you
4: up with? All right. So, um, actually, I'm going to start with Jay on this. Oh my
0: gosh.
4: Yeah, because I'm I'm just going to give a shout out to Jay. He's had the most questions about this, and um, he has like studied it as if he was going to Harvard. Let's write the main people down um, for for Mississippi. So let's go with Dylan, obviously. Whitley, we don't need up there because she's already oh, taken. Geez yeah and then um so because put jay jay and troy and i so dylan jet um matt are you comfortable with him i'm comfortable too have you seen some of the cases i've worked <laughs> all right i'll pull all the stuff on okay. him so who else is together? Because I think that's important. So you have these three guys too. Are they a team or they're individual? Okay. So right now, you and George are the only team that has absolutely been designated, no matter what. Okay. Have you seen him? Have you looked at him online? No. Okay. The cool. guy, Dylan. Dylan.
5: No. You okay. Seen him? Dylan yeah, has dude. an
4: attitude. To you are actually perfect for that. The guy has issues. How you deal with them, When you'll be able to figure right. it out. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So you, y'all you are the two for, oh, for Dylan. It.
5: Dylan needs to go with them. They need to go with Jet, and we need to go with Whitley because there's still the little tie that one thinks the other one's flipping, and then the other one still has that tie to him. He's a mama's boy, and from what I can see,
4: she's going to protect him, and I could see him calling her over anything. Just trying to distract her. Like send so someone as, as attractive as Michael home. Kenny to her door to sell some candy bars or something. That's actually and a good can idea. And she could be very busy so she can answer her phone.
0: He could do like be a candy work. gram,
4: like a dance gram. Put mom on the board. And you are going to go and do a dance gram. <laughs> do you know how to do that? I'll help yeah, you out with that. Yeah, I'll work on the
5: dance routine for sure. <laughs> oh,
4: I can't wait to see Brandy do a dance routine tonight. <laughs>
5: hey, all right. So real quick, just like you guys would do this, this is no different than creating an ops plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to attack first. First thing would be, we would meet with Whitley, Sheila and I, Brandy and George are going to take Jet. You guys are going to take, uh, Dylan. And that's how we would do our first approach. Like, Hey, this is our first thing. Same way set up, wait in the car, everybody there. All right, go. We have to attack all of them together and approach them because if not, phones are going to start ringing. So if we do that first, I think those are the more pertinent people to go because everybody else you know these girls, these other girls, we can get them easily. They're all Afterwards. they've kind of split up relationships. They've kind of been ups and downs. I think those are going to be there. I don't even think they're going to get a phone call from what we have.
4: Okay. So to that point, Brandy and I have talked about. We
5: split for a short so.
2: break. While Jacob talked to Sheila about microphones and recording techniques, I used this time to start flipping through a binder that Sheila's assistant put together. There was a copy for each of us. The binder was essentially a breakdown of Christian's case, along with documents gathered over the years. Most of the content we were familiar with, but it also included a list of all the players, along with backgrounds the PIs had put together. Like I said, most of it wasn't new to me, but seeing all that information crammed into one binder was another reminder of just how much there is to this case. When we reconvened, the strategy was laid out.
4: What I really appreciate about Black Mountain Media is the fact that they allowed me to run it like my investigations. I got to bring in my core group of investigators, and we came up with a plan. These are people that are certified, they're All private investigators, they all have different areas of expertise. Each one of them are the top of their game. Each one of them cares about the profession. In this particular case, we decided that we would go down to Mississippi and we would spend two days interviewing people. But first we had to get Whitley on the record to see what her side of the story was. We agreed that two of the investigators would go down to Key West, Jay Maron and Michael Kenny, and Jay Maron would bring one of his investigators from his office, Claudia. Jay and Mike had zero to go on as far as where Whitley was.
3: Yeah, it's a party atmosphere, and they're expecting it to be pretty busy tonight based on Valentine's Day.
4: We knew that Whitley was between places. She was kicked out of the room that she was staying in, and we weren't sure exactly where she had gone. Now, there's no way of tracking someone down without an address, and so these two investigators, who are rock stars and work so hard, they didn't sleep very much when they were trying to locate Whitley. Don't I got her on foot walking with the other
5: girl that works in that Fat Tuesdays bar.
3: Gotcha. It looks like
5: they're going to tattoos and spars, but regardless, when you get this way, I need you to canvas so we can find the car.
2: The first step would be a trip to Key West, Florida, where Whitley and a friend of hers named Jordan were living at the time. Jacob offered to make the trip with three of our PIs, Jay, Claudia, and Mike. I'll let Jacob walk you through what happened in Key West.
7: The main goal of this trip was to track down Whitley. Our hope was that if we could run into her in person, we could convince her to take some time to speak with us and tell her side of the story. We were able to track her down on Duval Street, our first night there. We knew that Whitley drove a Jeep and we would need to locate it in order to track down where she was staying. So while we had tracked down her location on foot, the search for the Jeep continued.
5: Dude, it's tucked in. It's in, in an alley inside that gate, which is behind the uh, hard rock.
3: Oh, okay.
5: Right next to Music.
3: That is tight.
5: Yeah, no. Bro, Claudia found like a little strip where there's cars parked on the alley, so we came around, and as we were coming down, we're driving down the alley, and I looked left, but like steep into the yard because it's all up against the fence, and there was a car, bro. Okay. So I'm, I'm holding the, the exit.
3: Is there any way to tuck you in well, there's there? There's only one way she can come out. Hold on. We might have them so on the walk right things. now. Hold on a second. So they might be we on the move.
5: Foot, we know once we get in our car, then we can take our way with both cars.
3: They're on the go. Is that her? Yeah, that's what her. That's right? her. They're on the go. They're crossing the street toward us. Alright, I'm it's gonna like a, I'm gonna leave down. you guys and go yeah. on foot, okay? Yeah, go on. Go on. Who's with them? Yeah, 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 hold on. Two girls.
7: We continued to follow Whitley for a while that night. She was in and out of two different bars, and when we saw her leaving a place called Tattoos and Scars for a second time, she had a guy with her. Since we had located her Jeep, Jay stayed near the Jeep, as we hoped we'd be able to follow her home. We knew if we could find out where she was staying, we could approach her there the next morning. But she didn't drive her Jeep home that night. Instead, she left with the guy she was with, and what we assumed was his vehicle. And we followed them to his place and arrived there around 2 30 a.m we called it a night on tracking whitley and planned to try to catch her leaving the next morning
3: mile there are some interesting folks in this town i'm not gonna lie okay so basically everybody that moves down here from meridian or whoever their friends no one can afford to buy a property so they end up being transient between their friends so we finally figured out where Whitley was today. We're way ahead because we know what she's driving, which we did not know mm-hmm. 3 hours ago we didn't know that. So yeah. right now we're ahead of the game because we didn't have her before and now we you know we're looking at her so
7: that next morning we set up to catch her leaving the house, but they managed to leave through a back entrance and we missed them. And we realized we had to start uh, they're on
3: all over. The, move, the Honda, I don't know where though. we didn't see him come out. Yeah. No, don't know where. We were on the most logical exit. They didn't take the most logical exit. <laughs> so they're out and about? They're out and about in the Honda. Or at least he is. Cl- oh, that would you say, say the closest restaurant? Yeah. Right. Uh, That's what we're doing right now. We're going to do a canvas. Yeah, I'm going to go set up over there in the parking where they parked Okay. Sounds good. Alright, All right, man. You see you. Bye.
7: We started the search for her again. Jay and Claudia headed downtown where the Jeep was parked, and Mike and I stayed back near the end of town where she had stayed the night just a short time later, we got a call from Jay saying they located her in the Jeep, headed our direction Jay and Claudia were following her, and Mike and I waited for them to get closer and then managed to get on the road in front of her
5: well no there's like one car, but I'm gonna go. To get the $50 bills to make the right, This is where we're gambling,
3: because she could pull in here. Yep. Keep a good eye on the right. If she does, that's fine. That's great if she does we whip in.
7: She did not whip in. She stopped in the right lane. That's all right. I'm a car, I'm behind. You got her? You on her? Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay, Are you right behind her?
2: Yeah.
3: Cool. Okay, let us know if she turns, because that's the money.
7: Yeah, let us know how she moves. Good, we're gonna stop at
3: the light and she's far in the back, She's turning. Which way? To mattress curb, make her right. Make a U-turn, are you the first? Oh yeah, make her
5: right, make her right, make her right. Make her right. She turned into the Listen, She's she's going to our shopping center. We can always get her coming out.
7: We followed Whitley into a shopping plaza and thought since she would be in a public place, this might be a good opportunity to speak with her. After parking and sitting in her car for about 15 to 20 minutes, she finally got out and went into a tanning salon. Jay and Claudia stood outside of the tanning salon and planned to approach her when she exited. Here's Mike giving a recap of the events as they were going down.
3: So Whitley came out to her car. Jay and Claudia approached her. Her body language was standoffish and she declined and walked ahead of them, got in her car, put on makeup, Apparently changed her mind, and now she's walked back to talk to them, and they look like they're negotiating. And judging by her body language again, she's considering it. And Jay is explaining what we're doing to get her side of the story, so this will be interesting. Jay's casual in this conversation, not threatening. They're in front of a cell phone reseller. I can't see her arms if they're crossed, but they look like they're crossed as she stands back. See her body language as she's standing back. She's not in a comfort zone. So She's debating. He's on his phone. Hey, Jay. Hey, Mike. Yeah.
5: Hey, can you come out here real quick? Because maybe you can explain it better. You know, I'm just trying to reassure her that this is just for her to know so we can get her story. It has nothing to do. She knows we're not law enforcement. I explained to her about the production, you know, but she, it's hard for her because she doesn't like reliving the situation.
3: Yeah, I'll walk out. Uh-huh. Uh, can I bring Jacob? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, we'll come
7: okay. out. But, but oh, wait, but wait. No, just come out. Just come
3: out. All right, see you in a yeah. sec. Okay, All, right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, welcome to meet Whitley. What's
7: up, man? Hey, dude. Yeah, they're they're talking to her now. Holy
8: shit.
7: Let me hang out. I'll, I'll call you guys right. back. I think she's going to Publix. Alright, see ya. Here, come on, come on, come on. You guys want to give me a rundown?
5: so while waiting outside it appeared she was getting a tan in a tanning salon she walks out and i approach her i'm like hey whitley what's up she's like hey and i'm like hi how are you and she's like do i know you and i was like what you don't remember me and i took off my i I took off my glasses i'm like you don't remember me she's like no from where i was like no i'm just kidding i was like i was like i'm actually from miami but i just want to let you know you know and i you gave her the rundown like hey or with a production company, you know, I just wanna see if we can get a couple minutes of your time. Actually, I have my executive producer here and I think you should probably speak to him. He'll be able to break it down. So basically what I was trying to do was like, smooth Mike in, because Mike looks so smooth and sleek right now, very nice and soft-spoken. I was like, hey, you know, talk to him so she can see it like a, like a handoff versus like a straight attack, you know? So sure enough, she's like, no, I don't know. I don't want, I was like, I don't want anything to do. So then while she was walking away, i was like look you know it's, it's nothing bad you know I, I i even said you know but if it has any if it means anything to you it has to do with something that's been on crime watch and that's when she just like stopped and she's like no and she walked to her car that's when i came to her car and say hey, she said no but fine so i go back with claudia and i'm like hey let's go back so we go back and we start walking we sit down a little bit and then we walk and i was like all right let's see if she, let's wait a bit see if she comes back sure enough <laughs> she came right back but apparently while she did that what was she doing in the car mike
3: putting on her makeup. We got, I got video through the windows just to watch her touching her face up.
5: So basically, she knew we were a production company. She goes to her car and she starts to put makeup on. So, I don't know, but that's kind of weird. Then, when she came back.
9: She said, I have to go to Publix anyway, which was in passing direction of us. And she said, since I have to go to Publix anyway, I just want to hear what you have to say. And then that's when we started talking to her, and And Jay gave her a spiel.
5: Yeah, that's when I started throwing the whole thing. I were a production company. You know, we just want to hear your side of the story. We were kind of going back and forth a little bit as to, you know, I said, listen, we're not law enforcement. We have nothing to do with that. Like, we just want to hear your side of the story because everybody keeps giving theirs, and you can't defend yourself. And she kind of did, like, a little pity cry type of thing, which to me is uh seemed like a manipulative move like
7: what kind of puts a pity cry
5: like she just started to like tear up a little bit and like you know breathe heavy like i just want this to be over this is already over there's no nothing legal going on right now like that was the one thing she mentioned she's like there's nothing legal going on right now so i just want this to be over it's already done like that was her thing it's over and it's done you know and then that's when i said listen well then that's why you need to speak your side of the story because everybody's giving theirs and then you're not here to defend yourself and then i called mike out and then Mike came and that's when Mike approached her and I said hey you know this is Mike you know this is Whitley you know I know you haven't seen her in person but here she is you know if you want to talk to her and give her an idea and then Mike what did you do Oh then I walked up and I just you know
3: reconfirmed what you were saying that you know we're a production company we wanted to get more information we wanted her to tell her story I said we know you weren't upstairs we just want to get your part of the story and she was contemplating, and then one of the points I said, she goes, well, I don't have time. And I said, well, we only need about 15 minutes. And she said, oh, I can't tell the whole story in 15 minutes. And I said, well, we could be talking right now, you know, instead and trying to get her to basically see we've already spent time talking
5: to you. But she didn't bite and yeah, she and said I try to be on her side like hey You know I, I maybe I understand you don't want to talk here Like why Mike was saying this I understand you don't want to talk here But you know we can go somewhere else wherever you want We can do this inside a car or we can go To another place you let us know So like, to, like calm her down like hey we're just whatever you want You know we'll help you out And then she paused for a little bit and she's like okay I'll do it and then that's where we were, and then we were like trying to see, you know, where we were gonna do it, what we we're gonna do. And she's she's checked her schedule. She's like, oh, I work, a, I start at 5:30 today, and I work a double tomorrow. So I, she gave me her number, but then she walks away and she says something like, well, if you guys already found me here, I'm sure you guys already have my number. And then I just tell her, I text her now. I said, hey, it's me. She said, hey, we'll be here till two or three a.m. So if you want to do it after work, you know, just let us know. Whatever is good for you. And we stopped there.
3: So it may be that we need to do a telephone interview with her later.
5: We'll see. We'll see what she says, you know. But look, the the way I see it is just from my experience, the seeds planted while she was with us. her, Her moods were changing every three minutes, if that not even every minute and a half, two minutes. So when it even came to, yes, I'll do it, and then it's like, no, no, I don't want to do it right now, but then, yes, I'll do it. And then the whole thing about going to the car, putting on makeup, and then coming back, and then she cried really, really quick, and she kind of stopped, and it's like, come on, man. You know, like, the, there's an emotional wreck there. There's too many variables right now to figure out what she's going to do.
7: After getting Whitley's number, Jay made arrangements to meet with her in person after her shift at Fat Tuesdays that night. We arrived early and had dinner right across the street from where she worked. I split off and went across the street to Fat Tuesdays to confirm she was working, but I couldn't find her. Later that evening, we found out through a coworker that she had called into work shortly after we had made contact with her outside of the tanning salon. We went to see if she had posted anything on social media that could help us track her down. And interestingly, she had pulled all of her social media accounts. She never responded to Jay's text, And didn't show up for the planned meeting.
0: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes.
7: It seemed that Whitley wouldn't be speaking with us anymore, so we decided to pivot and pursue others in Whitley's circle and try to get as much information as we could. One person we were able to speak with was Whitley's previous landlord. We met her at a restaurant called Turtle Crawls. It was on the water and located by a popular boat dock. The recording's a bit noisy, but here's what she had to say.
10: Well, thanks for meeting with us first of all. Oh yeah. I know. We know you have a story to tell. Well I mean not really. I just used to, I was living with her and she's a freaking nutbag. So I worked with her at fat Tuesdays and then she's like needed a place so I'm like, Yeah sure, like you know, come live with me. Jordan does live here though. Yeah. Her best friend Jordan, she lives here.
5: And what is she doing?
10: Now she's cocktailing and she works for Sunset, like these boats out here.
5: What do you know about um, about Jordan? Is she like friendly, or she's like, is she cool, low key, or what? Uh,
10: well, I posted, I posted on Facebook the day when she left. I mean, Jordan messed me right away. They're talking about Willie. I'm like, well, who the fuck else are we talking yeah, about? Right? You know, like, and she's like, that's rude. You shouldn't be right that. And I was like, all right, okay. I mean, it's freedom of speech. I right write whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. She's like, I know she didn't do it. I was there before, during, and after. And I was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And then Jordan was asking me to move in with me. Oh, do you have a room now? I'm like, oh, hell no. Are you moving in with me? I done with you girl how often do you run
3: into her just on the street
10: after that happened at
3: all no friends came down from mississippi and never hung out with no
10: everybody always runs the qs first there's somebody's always here for a reason i feel like
7: she went on to tell us that if we wanted we could come by later that evening and see where whitley lived and also speak with her boyfriend doug who had many interactions with whitley while she was living with them we decided to take her up on the offer and stop by later that night.
9: You guys are actually go out to my back patio out there. Come on in guys, welcome. What's up, man? After
7: a warm welcome, Doug showed us around and we headed to the back patio to sit down and talk.
9: My girlfriend works at Fat Tuesdays. All of a sudden, she sends me those pictures. She's like, oh, this new girl Whaley started working here. Um, she's new to town. Uh, she needs a place to stay. She's awesome. This girl's amazing. The only reason I'm cool with it because I know she has a job because she works with my girlfriend, obviously. Right. At least I know there's income coming in. So then the first rolls around. Rent's due. She has no money. No money at all in the she first month. She tells you this? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. First I mean, of Jan? First of January. No, has no money. And it's hard to
3: dodge you because it's such so small quarters right there. Yeah, well, yeah, this m- well, <laughs> she works with
9: my girlfriend. I mean, <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend knows she's making money. She knows how much she's making.
5: Yeah, right. And
9: you're going to come here and say you have no money after being here for two weeks and not have a dollar. So, you know, obviously I'm in a rough position. I, I, I need to get some money out of her, whatever. So break it down. I say, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to work. Every fucking dollar you make from that shift is going to us until you're paid up. So she did do that, she made that happen, she paid, I did her a break and did her 1100 a month, and then I prorated her at 550 obviously for those two weeks that she stayed here in December. The climax of it was I was out here gaming and I was talking to one of my best friends from back home about his girlfriend, which I've known my whole life. He broke up with her, and I was going, You know, you you know, that girl's always been so fucking selfish and about herself and so immature, and you know, you're better off, like, and it's always me, 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 and she, you know, and she barges out of her room and goes, Why you fucking talk about me right here? Going on, and I'm looking at her and I'm going, What are you? I was like, I'm talking to my friend on the computer, like yeah. playing video games together. I'm like, I'm oh, nobody, you're not that fucking important. Nobody's talking to you. She fucking ran outside and ran and opened the gate and sat down on the road and sat Indian style and started swaying back and forth like this. Dead fucking serious, dude. asked my girlfriend. If that was me and I was like put on the spot and my shit's out there, like wouldn't he as a normal person be like, So this is what happened and like she never said anything once to us about anything about a detail of the crime or anything like that You know, like she was dehumanized to the whole situation after fucking Spending the more and more time with her and just daily life. There's something off about her and it's uncomfortable And I was like the moment she left our house. We haven't fought once we've been so relieved Like, I was scared to be in the house with her at times. And it wasn't because of it, like, it was before I even knew it. I just never felt comfortable with her alone in the house, even when I didn't know anything about this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck isn't she arrested in the first place? I mean, this shit, it's not even like circumstantial. I mean, there's plenty of scientific shit, just from watching that, that's like one plus one equals two. And that's what everybody in this town thinks. And she's a young fucking kid that, does not make right decisions does not even think about the decisions she's making her emotions the way she it goes is you know it's like a little fucking emotional roller coaster all the time and it's really hard for her to get a grip and i think she goes with impulses a lot like that's her reactions with shit like when i think about it i can see how that situation can escalate to that point cuz she's that kind of person that i feel like that can have those sort of reactions that can end in those sort of consequences unfortunately so can I ask you a question
3: Doug did yeah, she ever try to
9: hit you yeah actually she did Are we always, she always a, the victim always a victim oh always oh Whitley oh, always a victim that's that's perfect way to explain it constantly you have to be responsible like you can't just like make an agreement and think it was okay to have no money at all. Like when you said you just had all this money and then go home and like not have a dollar and like think you're going to have a place to live. Like you think you know me enough to that's going to give you a pass to live here rent free. Now I know I got to pay my bills. I don't give a shit who you are. So you're outside then Like, you know, you figure (laughs) out this shit now. And then, you know, so she's crying, playing victim role with that. I feel bad. I need the money. How can I get it? I'm thinking of a way that I can get this money and make this work somehow. So you know, I came up with the payment plan option. And luckily it did work out actually, you know. But that was mostly because of Sam Uh, I don't know if we didn't have Sam there, I don't think it would have worked because you know, Sam was working with her. There is a lot of people escaping a lot of things that end up in Key West. Mm-hmm. It's very common. They escape everything and they come down to this island in the middle of the ocean. And that's probably what she, you know, she was doing. She's okay. trying to get away and it followed her with her. And it's a small island where everyone knows everybody. The Key West telephone snowballs like you wouldn't believe. It starts out, uh, Johnny did coke to Johnny's a coke dealer to. Johnny's moving drugs from Cuba to Johnny's fucking the kingpin of like, you know, South Florida. And like, and in her case, it's going to I mean, could you imagine?
7: After speaking with the landlord, we were able to get some intel on Whitley's best friend Jordan, the other person we felt it was very important to speak with while in Key West. We wanted to track Whitley down for obvious reasons, but Jordan, on the other hand, was a different story. It's our understanding that she and Whitley have had an on and off again friendship over the years. They were friends around the time of Christian's death, and now they were both living in Key West. We obviously hoped that she'd have some new information about Whitley or could be of help connecting us with her. But another reason we felt it was important to speak with her was because of the comments she made back in 2016, during the time of the MBI's investigation. Back then, she was interviewed by Lieutenant Colonel Gail Mills with MBN, who you may remember from Episode 7, centered around MBI's investigation. The audio from that interview was turned over to MBI during their investigation. Although there is no mention of her interview in the MBI report, Ray obtained a copy of it after the interview was conducted, and we'd like to share it with you so you can understand why we felt it was important to speak with her. The audio from this interview is poor quality and a bit hard to understand at times. For this reason, we've posted the transcript for the audio on our website. Go to culpablepodcast.com, click on Listen, and then Episode 11. Here's the interview.
8: All right, Jordan, I need you to tell me everything that you know and start from the very beginning. Now, first of all, this is about Christian Andrew right? And you used to know him. We weren't tight, but I uh, knew him. Yeah. Um, yes, he knew yeah. me and I knew him. Okay. I, at the time, I was the only one that he would I had his girlfriend that he met with. He was really good one. So that was when they were dating. He would only let me hang... She would only let her hang around me because I was a good influence. Okay, how long did you know it I have known Whitley since... Uh, I know my name is since the fourth grade. We went to school together, dinner Enterprise. We rolled chili and cheese. But we never talked or anything, like, we weren't, like, friends, but we knew each other, and her <laughs> mom was my age. When did Whitley start dating Christian? It was in the summertime. I literally we were just now starting to wear shorts. They gave her eight months, and he gave her a ring, a ring on her finger. And then he bought, he bought her a DMW. She had it all. She had a stay. She had someone buying her food, buying her new clothes, taking her shopping, expensive makeup, stuff that she didn't even deserve. They lived into earth and that was when she started cheating on him with my ex boyfriend Matt Miller. Why? Because it's literally good Okay, so when they moved there, she started cheating on him. Yes. And okay. he, but he knew about it. Well, what do you think about that? Well, he was right so he could catch it. He had a tracking device on her car. Christian was very possessive and like his. he didn't trust her. He had a hell of trust that she was with, Lily, because of all that she was on. Even though he cheated on her three times, he had a tracking device on her car. And he would always see where it was at in southeast, and that was very Did much- Did she know about that? About the tracking device? Okay. Or she wouldn't know, I'm sure. But she always knew, he always knew where she was. He's seen that she was at Matt's a lot, and him and Dylan Swing with Christian got a phone call from who villain and their friends. He told him that all he needed was $2,000, and he could flip a bunch of meth and turn it into, like, 20 grand. But I'm not sure if those numbers are the exact, it's okay. just that like you get the gist. Yeah, I get the gist. So, and Christian said, hell no, like, uh-uh, because that was not what Christian was about. Mm-hmm. But Whitley and Dylan him were about it. And if Christian knew that Whitley wanted a part of that, he would have been done with her, and she would have lost all of her luxuries. Okay, now who's this Dylan, though? He was Christian's best friend at the time. He was Christian and Whitley's friend. Okay. I want to say Dylan was there when Christian died. I want to say he was. Whitley has told me two completely different things. This Christian, all right, this is back to when Whitley was cheating on. Christian was going to come home early and to catch it. And Okay, so Dylan went and picked up Christian because mm-hmm. he wanted to catch Whitley cheating on that. All right, let's go to the day that this all happened. Okay. okay so, all, all right, that's all. But let's start from everything you know about that day. Okay. Okay. So, Dylan goes to pick up Christian. Mm-hmm. And there's this drug that's called triple C's. It doesn't show up in your system, and it takes you off of your ass, like, completely. And I don't want to know that. <laughs> see, right? That's what I'm saying. And Christian, his job offered a drug test. So, they wanted to get it all messed up one night, off of Xanax and triple C's. But the only way that she could have got him up themselves into that bathroom was on triple seats. And the first time that I've done them, she introduced them to me. She knew they won't show up in your system. Also, Dylan Swanger checked himself into the alliance a week after, or it was either a week after or a couple of days after. All right. I need you to tell me every single soccer thing that Whitley has ever told you about Christmas' death. Okay. Now, why would she tell somebody to this? Because we were the best friends at one point. So she felt like she could tell you anything? Yes. And honestly, I'm always like Christian. Christian was a very well-liked person. The only reason why I was so is that I couldn't get information out of her. Which, I mean, that's a sneaky thing to do, but I'm serving sort of justice-type deal. Like, I want to get to the bottom of it, because that is not right. That's bullshit. And you know, like the whole suicide. No, it's not. He was going there to break up with her. Mm-hmm. He wanted all of her stuff out. He was done with her. He did not care about her anymore. Me and my friend. She broke down and really getting inside out of her own mouth. I didn't need to do it. It was a freak accident. I have to tell someone because I cannot get this out of my chest. Who said this? Lily. Alright, so what did you tell Yes I did it. It was a freak accident. I didn't know what else to do. I have to tell someone because it's keeping me alive. And then Dylan, right when it happened, Dylan went to go talk to the Androckiers about something. I'm not sure what. I was not there. There's no way I could possibly end. He was trying to get to them before Whitley did, is what it was. And he not like, Dylan and Whitley cut off all ties after that happened. But like, now, to this day, they're cool. Because she, like, they do pick me up at school. And person and him were like something at one point. But after it happened they cut off all ties with each other and Dylan was trying to get to Andrachios before really did. Not sure why. I'm not having in depth of why, but that's is what I know. Why would they say they were shooting guns the night before if they weren't? Cause him and Jet him and Jet are close. Who? Matt, knew, Matt knows something. I know Matt definitely knows something that he's not speaking of. Matt knows information. He should have never told her about the insurance. What, well, reckon she got any insurance money? I think it went to, on to his ex girlfriend. They were as deep as him and his ex. I'm telling you, like it's just crazy how it all plays out. Like, all these are like a puzzle piece. Yes, it does. Okay, anything else we can write that we know for sure? Mm-mm. Like, all of this was watching for a reason. I have had this mentality I have for a reason, and for, like, this specific reason, you know? Justice just needs to be served. Yeah.
0: It really does.
7: So, that's what she had to say back in 2016. Now the plan was to try to ask her about her statement and interview her again. The landlord had helped us get a good idea of where Jordan worked, so we set out to find her at one of the two places. The first place she mentioned was Sunset Boats, which docked right outside of Turtle Craws, where we had ate with the landlord. Claudia went to the office and asked if Jordan was working. Here's what they had to say.
0: She no longer works here. She used to work
6: here, but she doesn't work on a boat anymore, and that's about it. Said she's not working on any other boats. She doesn't work here.
5: So she's probably cocktailing somewhere else during the day and stripping stripping at night. Yep. So then look, let's do this. Let's get in the cars. I'll check that uh, location real quick. Love Jordan's house to see if it's there. The
7: second place was was a club called Teasers. Um, So we headed that way. When we arrived, Jay and Claudia went in to see if she was working, while Mike and I stayed back in the car. They were able to locate her and get a private room and they spoke with her for about an hour off the record. Here's Jay, discussing that conversation.
5: We actually were able to find Jordan working at a local strip club, I believe it was Teasers, in Duval Street in in Key West. And she did talk to us for a little while. She actually said that they're not on good terms, but she knew we were around. And I said, what do you mean? She says, yeah, uh, she texts me. Saying that, you know, people were here talking and looking uh, for her about, you know, the whole Christian case. And I said, okay, well, didn't she say you don't talk to her? He's like, I, re- I haven't talked to her like in over a month, but she texts me out of this. And I was like, oh, it seems like she only texts you when she's in trouble. Uh, but mind you, the places they work are literally across the street and one block over.
7: To recap the Key West trip, we had great success in tracking down and speaking with both Whitley and Jordan. Unfortunately, due to their unwillingness to speak on the record, paired with the added protection they receive in the state of Florida, a two-party state when it comes to recording laws, we were not left with any audio from either of them. But their words and their actions were still helpful, and this was just the start of our investigation. The next stop was Meridian, where many were willing to talk.
5: I think he knows. 100% One hundred percent. What happened? I just don't think he's giving it up. His body language, the rest of the time, is like very nervous. How far away is Dylan from here? That's what I want to know. You weren't there the night before, where they were shooting out there in the field or whatever. I don't think they went shooting. Oh uh, shoot, they're
8: they're um uh, they're turning around. That's honestly. that
3: unmarked unit right there. You see it? Somebody
8: else is watching them. All right, we're gonna approach them. Hey, how's it going? Can you tell me where Dylan is at? What business do I have? I'm, I need to talk to them about uh, a case that I'm working on. All right, nothing. They're not giving up anything. They just called the cops, but that's okay. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Are you cuffed up? What would the motive be? I don't know, the money, maybe? Money? The, the sheep? Money. money? Do you think Christian committed suicide? Uh-huh. Are there people that want justice? Yeah, there's people that want justice. There's the people that want it left alone because they don't want to dig any further. And why would that be?
3: Because some stuff might come up. It's deep, she gets deep.
2: Culpable is a production of Resonate Recordings and Tenderfoot TV in conjunction with Cadence 13, written and hosted by me, Dennis Cooper. Executive producers are Jacob Bozarth, Mark Menery, Dennis Cooper, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsey. Additional production by Whitney Bozarth, Courtney Cooper, Meredith Stedman, and Mason Lindsey. Audio editing and sound design by Resonate Recordings. If you have a podcast or are looking to start one, check us out at resonaterecordings.com. Our theme music and score is by Dirt Poor Robbins. Cover art by Drew Bardana. You can follow us on social media at culpablepodcast.com. Show notes as well as bonus content can be found on our website, culpablepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening.